Now, honestly, I've done some dumb things in my life, really, and I'm pretty sure you have too. And later, we wear the consequences of those mistakes. The question is, though, how can you avoid making those same mistakes again? Hi, I'm Bernie Diamond. Welcome again to the program as today we take another look at life, your life, from a different perspective. I've said a few times over the last week and a half that I am a confirmed land lover. You give me solid ground beneath my feet any day over a luxury cruise. I love good old terra firma, and it turns out we all do because we were made to have solid ground beneath our feet. And that's what we've been talking about recently on this program, solid ground. Now, there are things that we do from time to time that are just, well, plain dumb. Now, they never seem like it at the time, but when you look at the consequences, when you look back through the consequences of those decisions with the benefit of 2020 hindsight, there's only one word for them sometimes, and that's dumb. I've been there, you've been there, let's not kid ourselves. Okay, now that we've established the facts, Your Honour, let's get back to those decisions and making sure we don't go there again. Isn't that the point? Not repeating our mistakes. And one of those mistakes is this, deluding ourselves that we are on solid ground, deluding ourselves into thinking that we can head off in our own direction, on our own, and expect God to somehow tag along behind and provide solid ground along the way. Like I said, just plain dumb. If you've been with us over this last week and a half, you'll know that we've been looking at the stories of some people, Hannah and Eli and their families. Hannah was a woman with a lot of pain but who honoured God and Eli was a priest with position and prestige and not only did he do the exact opposite but as chief priest in his role he actually ended up misleading the whole of the nation of Israel. And today we're going to take a look at how not only did that have consequences for Eli and his sons but for the whole of Israel. Remember, Eli and his sons Hophni and Phinehas, they were bad dudes. These two sons plundered the sacrifice of God's people. They slept with prostitutes. Like These were bad dudes, and Eli allowed this to go on and didn't deal with it. And the executive summary of what God thought about them is in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 17. It says, The sin of the young men was very great in the sight of the Lord, for they treated the offerings of the Lord with contempt. And the central theme, the pivot on which this whole story turns, is in 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. It says, God says, I honour those who honour me, and those who despise me I will treat with contempt. That word contempt comes up again. And so this bad stuff is happening, the priests are doing the wrong thing, and just as it always happens, one of life's storms blows in on Israel. The Philistines come to attack them. We'll pick it up in chapter 4 of 1 Samuel. Now, now, the Israelites went out to fight against the Philistines. The Israelites were camped at Ebenezer, and the Philistines were camped at Aphek. And the Philistines deployed their forces to meet Israel, and as the battle spread, Israel was defeated by the Philistines, who killed about 4,000 of their men on the battlefield. When the soldiers returned to camp, the elders of Israel said, How come the Lord brought defeat on us today before the Philistines? Let's bring the Ark of the Lord's Covenant from Shiloh so that it may go with us and save us from the hand of our enemies. That's a good idea. So the people sent men down to Shiloh. They brought back the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord Almighty who was enthroned between the cherubim. Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, were with the Ark of the Covenant of God. And when the Ark of the Lord's Covenant came into the camp, all of Israel raised up such a shout that the ground shook. 
And hearing the uproar, the Philistines asked, What's all that shouting that the Hebrews are doing? When they learned that the ark of the Lord had come into the camp, the Philistines were afraid. A god has come into the camp, they said. We're in trouble. Nothing like this has ever happened before. Woe to us. Who will deliver us from the hand of that mighty god? They're gods who struck the Egyptians and all kinds of plagues in the desert. Be strong, you Philistines. Be men or you'll be subject to the Hebrews as they have been to you. Be men and fight. So the Philistines fought, and the Israelites were defeated, and every man fled to his tent. The slaughter was very great. Israel lost 30,000 foot soldiers. The Ark of the Covenant was captured, and Eli's two sons, Hophni and Phinehas, died. See, Israel was so used to having God on their side, they just headed off assuming that he was there. Despite the fact all this bad stuff was happening amongst the priests, they, would, they deluded themselves. They, they said, there's no cause and effect for us. No, she'll be right. God's always on my side. See, we take this mighty God who created the whole universe and expect him to become our performing poodle, don't we? He, he does tricks on our command. But God, God's not like that. He's awesome, he's mighty, he's powerful, and he's good. And when we start dishonouring him, let's not expect him to keep honouring us. He'll always love us. He'll always forgive us. He'll always bring us close, but on his terms and not on ours. We can't sow dishonour in God's direction and expect to receive honour from him in return. And, and the great humiliation of the story is that the Ark of the Covenant itself is captured. This was the place of the very presence of God. Over the next couple of days, we'll discover that the people who captured it, once they realised what they had, actually realised the power and didn't want God around. But that's for another day. Today, it's a simple message in this story. We can't be living out a life of stiff-necked rebellion and expect God to toddle along on a leash behind us and bless us on cue. And that's exactly what Israel did. They failed the first time, and so they sent for the Ark of the Covenant. They went and got God, as though somehow they can push God around. When you put it that way, it's a bit obvious, isn't it? And to tell you the truth, that's my agenda today, to make this plainly obvious. Let's all take a big wake-up call here. When the storm hits, do you want solid ground beneath your feet? Do, do you want to know that God is with you? Do, you? do you want the certain knowledge that, well, he's going to bless you no matter what this world throws at you? <laughs> have to tell you, I sure do. Well, let me go back to the central point, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 30. God says, I will honour those who honour me. It's a great promise. I will honour those who honour me, but those who despise me will be treated with contempt. And there's a reason for that. God wants a close, tender relationship with us. In order to have that, there has to be a cause and effect. See, God can't bless our rebellion. Because if he does that, we'll think, oh, great, I, I can do anything I want. He'll bless that. I, all I have to do is call God, bring him over here on the leash, and I'll get blessed. But anything I want is not the place of intimacy between God and me any more than the place of intimacy between a man and his wife is in adultery. Come on, it's blindingly, glimpsingly obvious. And just to underscore that point in this story, this wasn't some small defeat by the Philistines. This was the mother of all defeats. 4,000 and then 30,000 Israelites were killed. 34 thousand men were slain because Israel presumed that God would just show up like he always had even though they had rebelled against and rejected God. 
And, and the irony of it all is that God's people didn't get it, but the Philistines did. The moment the Philistines heard the Ark of the Covenant arrived, they were afraid. And so they should have been, because God is a mighty God. Let me ram this point home today, right in your face, when we head off in our own direction, in our own strength, in our own selfish ways, on our own, and we expect God to just toddle along and bless us, forget it. When, when we're not in the blessing and the covering and the power of God, obedient to him, when we do that, we will reap what we sow. There is no solid ground in that place. None. None. Only trouble. Hey, social media is a great way to stay connected to your friends and the world around you. And we'd like to invite you to be part of the Christianity Works community. The Christianity Works community is full of daily thoughts and devotions and inspirations, so no matter what kind of day you're having, you can be encouraged. If you're on Facebook, search for the Christianity Works page and like us. When you do, you'll see some encouragement from your friends and community at Christianity Works, including free booklet downloads from time to time. But more than that, It's a library of thoughts and verses that you can share with your friends and family. So we'll be sharing God's word together. It's a great way to share the good news of Jesus amongst all the chaos. Amen. So like Christianity Works on Facebook, be encouraged and blessed and share some of that with your friends as well. I pray that your heart will be touched and transformed as you draw ever closer to Jesus through his word. I'm Bernie Diamond, and I'll catch you again same time tomorrow with a different perspective.